Corner to Corner. Um, I'm Jeff, and I'm joined as always by my good friend Paul. Hello, that's me. Um, but Paul, we're not alone today, are we? No, no, we are not, Jeff. We Paul's have looking around company. him to check who's hiding have, in his room. Um, <laughs> we have celebrity company, in fact. We do. So we're joined today by Helen Goldwyn, um, who is uh, famous for her work with Big Finish, amongst other things as well. Morning, Helen. Good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. It's good. lovely to be um, joining you for this. Thank oh, you very much for you. taking thank the time to do so. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got a very professional setup there, Helen. Actually, you've got a pop filter and a cable <laughs> for your mic and everything. Anyone would think you did this for a living? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've got. Yeah, I'll show you on the video. I've got this, and I've got. Um, uh, oh, you can't see it, but I've got one of can't those. Noise dampening shields. <gasps> oh, uh, I need one of those. Yeah, it does make a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, uh, and this is my little office, which I've had for about a year now. So uh, yeah, I'm quite lucky. So um, I've just thought of another question. We'll we'll get onto our, our main ones in a minute. But have you been oh. recording in there during you know lockdown yes. and all that over the last couple of years? I have, and in fact, um, we had we had the whole family over for Christmas, including um, what in that little room. No, <laughs> at the house. <laughs> and we had um, a friend called Jen um, visiting as part of extended family. And she's a huge Doctor Who fan. Yeah. And um, I had literally just given her a box set of the ninth Doctor, the one that had been just released for yeah. Christmas. And then she was going to sleep in this room. And she came downstairs just after she got ready for bed. She said, I just got to ask, did you record ninth Doctor in that room? And I said, yeah. Yeah. Is that going to be a problem? She went, I'm not going to be able to sleep. She like, <laughs> had Christopher Eccleston's voice in that room. I was like, yeah, kind of. But... <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, yeah. I was in the company of excellence and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Helen, why don't you um, uh, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about yourself and, and what you do? Well, um, so I always find it very difficult to describe <laughs> what I am and what I do. Um, I found a new word in recent years, a polymath. Ooh. Apparently I'm Ooh. a creative polymath. So I, I like currently, most of the time, am directing and script writing and occasionally acting and doing quite a lot of voice work myself. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, I am a, um, a songwriter and a singer. Um, and prior to that, I had a, a 25 year career in theatre and TV and radio as an actor and musical theatre singer. So, um, yeah, I'm a polymath. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good description for it. So that, that really is quite uh, quite an extensive and, and varied career, isn't it? That you, you've had. Um, so how, how do my next question was, how did you get involved with Big Finish? So, um, but, and how did you go from kind of stage and, and TV work to, to getting into the audio side of things? So kind of two questions in one. Yeah, well, lots well, of questions in one room, Jeff, sorry. let's be honest. Yeah. Not lie well, about people... that. He does this, Helen, don't worry. <laughs> people might have heard me tell some of this uh, story before, but in essence, I didn't really fit into the theatre industry. Mm. I was too versatile for my own good. I was too kind of physically nondescript. Um, you have to kind of be very a very classic archetype of a type of kind of casting type. Mm. And I... Right obviously was a character actor from very young and nobody wants a 19 year old character actor really unless they want you to understudy which is what I did loads of I played you know small parts in the ensemble and covered all the leads like you know my first job was in Uncle Vanya 
um, yeah. with Kenneth Branagh's company, if I could oh, drop wow. that little name. <laughs> yes, um, but I was 19 and I was understudying yeah. the three lead roles, all of which were completely different wow. characters and ages. And that should have told me really what... <laughs> What was going to happen? (laughs) Yeah, carrying on. That was exactly what kept on happening. Um, So when I got into the world of voice work, it felt such a relief and such a place of comfort because it didn't matter what you looked like. Mm. It didn't matter Mm. how thin or fat you were. It just mattered that you could do the voices and play the characters. And I felt like I'd found a niche that was absolutely right for me. Um, so when I did do my first Big Finish, I didn't even know what Big Finish was. I didn't know what a Doctor Who audio was. I just was invited by Barnaby Edwards, who was directing um, yeah. a script by Nick Pegg, um, to play this very small role in one scene. And I obviously turned up and saw all these amazing actors around me and Colin Baker and, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so it was very exciting. And then I wrote to Gary Russell, emailed. Thankfully, email had started in, in earnest then and because I, <laughs> I always was dreadful at schmoozing dreadful at doing that <laughs> stuff that you have to do networking oh yeah, terrible. Yeah. I hate all that but I could do it via email so I wrote to Gary said please 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 let me come back and do some more and, and he very kindly kept bringing me in to play obscure aliens <laughs> for the next <laughs> few years <laughs> took me at my word that I had no inhibitions you know I didn't care yeah. about making a fool of myself and then I got the Tomorrow People, and then I kind of got more and more ingrained yeah, with the company. Yeah. So, so you became part of the lucky. family. Yeah, very gradually yeah. over twenty yeah. years. I was just going to ask how long this has been over. It sounds like probably uh, you yeah. know from early days of, of Big yeah. Finish, really. Well, yeah. I was in one of the first in Spectre yeah. Blanion Moore. That was my very first. Yeah. Um, and I was in the first ones that Paul McGann ever did as well, yeah. Storm Warning and yeah. Sword of Orion. And I didn't understand the significance of any of it. Everyone was like, oh, you know, we, we really want Paul on board. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But yes, I'll play those aliens. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll wear yeah. that rubber costume. So, yeah. so you don't have to because it's on audio, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, you, you can be free. No prosthetics. It's interesting what, what you say there about... Um, I was going to say, you know, the the, the face fitting things. You know, I, I've got a, a number of friends who are actors and, and presenters as well. And, you know, it, it is a difficult world, isn't it? And, and you know, yeah. you, you go up for an audition and it, and it can literally come down between, you know, you and one other person. And then it's the height difference that makes yeah. it or something, mm. which is, you know, it's bonkers really. And, you know, friends who've had, you know, a number of kind of, big opportunities which they sadly haven't got and and it's it's nothing to do with the talent in, no, in the end so no. often um but but doing the kind of you know i think it's important like you said being being the, the polymath and having different strings to your bow that w- within that same field so you know presenting is kind of an extension of acting in a way and, yeah. and then i've got friends who do that and, and they've done voiceover work as well and, and yeah you know, it's, it's become quite lucrative i mean i had a, a actor friend he was an american and um, he bumped into his voiceover agent just randomly one day, and and they said, "Oh, you know, we must try and get you some some more work." And then he said, the next month he ended up busier than ever, and then yeah. in the space of a year he did more VO work and earned more money than he'd done with his acting work. Yeah. And you know, he he said, oh, "You know, it's it's great. It's worked out really nicely for him." Yeah. So it's it's, it's not yeah. It's so random as well. It's mm. so sort of. I mean, the one thing that I did get seen for, because I didn't get seen for the work that I wanted to do, I couldn't even get through the door for it. I got Mm. discarded before I'd even, you know, 
shown them what I could do because yeah. on the basis of my a my nondescript photograph and b my very eclectic CV because I didn't want to be pigeonholed as mm. any one thing. I wanted to be many things, and of course, as a casting director, they want someone they can sum up in three words. Yes, yeah. And I, I still don't think you can do that about me. No, no, not at all. I've been <laughs> looking, looking at your website and you know your your you know list of of work and things, and yeah, it's so varied. But but that makes for a rewarding job and a life doesn't it and you know every day is different and oh yeah and every I was trying to describe it to a friend recently who's in a what I would call a normal job (laughs) and uh, they were horrified I know they were horrified at the notion of the fact that I don't know what's happening from one month to the next and I said actually the times where I get depressed are when I know what's happening for the next six months because that's boring Mm, I love it when there's a potential adventure around the corner like somebody will phone me and say do you want to do this job do you want to go there do you want to try this that's thrilling to me and when that's not happening that's Mm. when I get really like petulant like oh my life really (laughs) dark yeah you you get used to it don't you like I I kind of I I wake up and I think who who knows what's going to happen today who knows what call or email will come in and, and what work will come about and you know that that's part of what keeps this interesting. You know, and and same for you and 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 you as well, Paul. The, the the process we go through might be the same in our point of camera, or you know, you go to the sound booth, whatever. But the the subject matter is different. Yeah, and, and that's what keeps it you know interesting and, and challenging. And well, yeah, also learning. Like I, mm, I, somebody absolutely. asked me to give some advice to young actors the other day, and I said, just always be acquiring new skills and not necessarily in the acting world like Mm. one of the best things I ever did was I went and did a three-month administration course and because I wanted to learn to touch type and I wanted to understand how to use software programs and that has been invaluable for me as a director as a producer as a training consultant you know in managing my life I couldn't have done it Mm. if I hadn't learned that so always be acquiring new skills yeah every day is a learning day yeah yeah Yes, yeah. So we, we, you were not uh, a Doctor Who fan before you got involved with Big Finish then? <gasps> I Well, I watched Doctor Who for sure, yeah. um, but I'm not a fan of anything or anyone. I never have been. I've never had a poster on my wall. I've never been to a pop concert and screamed yeah. for someone. It just isn't <laughs> in my makeup. Yeah, no, that's I, so I admire things. I admire people. Yeah, but I, yeah. And I think that helps in terms of being a director and working with some big names as well. Cause like, I don't care how famous mm. you are. You <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. It's you have a real objective uh, viewpoint then, I suppose. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Paul. Yeah. It's, it's an advantage in a way because, you know, for, say for Paul and I, if we got asked to go do what you do, we, we'd be, you know, gibbering <laughs> Rex, you know, yeah. but um, <laughs> we, we'd be professional, yeah. you know, really but yeah. yeah, it's, it's, you, you've got no kind of, uh, you, you're there to do the job and make it the best it can be and, and yeah. you know, to focus on it that way rather than, you know, with, with that kind of fan angle yeah. on it, I suppose. But also, I suppose, having been an actor and having mm. been an actor that had ability but couldn't get the breaks, and I know lots of actors like that who are amazing uh, talents who just didn't get a break. So if you're someone that happened to have the right face in the right place at mm. the right time and you've done the right preparation good on you but that's luck you know yeah. what you do with it then is either admirable or, or not but you know if you happen to be born looking amazing and you've got talent and then you meet the right people then you've been very lucky yeah and I, that's not something I admire I admire 
if you do something extraordinary with that luck. Yes, yeah, to, uh, to keep on building from yeah. it and go from there. And it's it what doesn't you do with your gifts, isn't it? It's the choices exactly. you make, the way you stay your life, the way you bring betterment for yourself and for those people yeah. around you. And, and yeah, and the contribution them. you make to everybody else, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah all of those things. <laughs> so tell us um, uh, about the Big Finish projects that you've worked on. And I just thought, <laughs> it's a long list. Yeah. <laughs> it is, isn't it? We, we've yeah. mentioned a few, haven't we? So you were yeah. there at, um, you, were, you said you were there right at the start. I mean, those titles you mentioned, they're some of my absolute favourites. Oh, uh, wow. Spectre of Lanyon Moore. That's the Brigadier, yeah. isn't it? Classic. I mean, Nicholas Courtney. Yeah. Yeah, and Doctor Who and the Pirates. Obviously, I was in that oh, thing, yeah. Sally, so, and I got to sing in that. Um, <laughs> I love that Yeah, one. <laughs> I mean, I just played, I think I've been in over 100 audio wow. dramas as an actor. Wow. Uh, and I've definitely directed, oh, I can't even begin to think. Lots. Lots, yeah, lots that, and lots. That list yeah. is massive, isn't it? And I've um, written about 18 hours worth of, you know, produced audio drama wow. as well, so... Lucky me. Um, but yes, I suppose <laughs> the ones that stand out, that I suppose if I work backwards, really, yeah. I've had such an amazing time working with Christopher. Mm. Um, initially, it was remote in this room, in this very room. And we did Magic build up um, a great rapport, even right. though we couldn't see each other. And then for the for the next ones, we were in studio and everyone was in such a state of excitement mm. because we were just coming back out of, you know, lockdown. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and also Chris is such a, I hadn't anticipated what a physical presence he is, what a charisma he right. is, because I'd seen him in Doctor Who and in other things, but I hadn't really, I never yeah. kind of Google anyone or I didn't read his autobiography or anything like that. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm working with Christopher Eccleston. And then I met him <laughs> right, um, cool. and I was quite bowled over by his presence and his charisma. Really? Um, wow. And we, yeah, we had such a great, great time. It was one of the most exciting, fun yeah. experiences I've had in the studio. And also because of because of the rapport with me and Chris, but mm. also the people that want to work with Chris are amazing. Yeah. And, it, and they're so excited to be there, you know. It's... Um... It's, it's absolutely wonderful that he he came back and um, you know Paul, have you listened to his it's the box sets? I've uh, I, I I have started listening to them actually, and it's and it's interesting what you were saying, Helen, about Chris's presence. I mean, I've I've never met him in person, oh. but one of the things I think with all his performances on TV, he inhabits that space. Mm. He fills the space. He brings that presence on screen, and and I kind of thought, is he going to be able to do that in in in, in the audio? But he does. It, oh, it yeah. just, you yeah. instantly get that he's there I've in felt, that story, um, dominating. Yeah. You can hear the the joy in his voice mm. doing it, um, and I, I just listened to the, um, the the Macbeth one this, oh, this yes. week from the third set, um, and it's it's brilliant. Um, and you know, he he it just really feels like he's yeah. been taken off screen in two thousand five and, and brought into the brand new. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's been it's so wonderful, good. isn't it? And yeah. and I had no expectation at all of being part of that. I just knew. I did ask David Richardson during lockdown. I said, have we managed to get anyone? Have we managed to pin anyone down because of lockdown? <laughs> and he said, no, no, sadly not. And then literally like two days later, yeah. Big Finish announced that Chris was doing them. <laughs> and then really David emailed me one. straight afterwards and apologized. He said, oh, I'm so sorry for lying to <laughs> you. I had to you. sign the NDA, you know. Yeah. I can't, oh, wow. Couldn't say. Well, and then well, he said, you know, do you want to direct it? <laughs> Even better, isn't it, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, it's such a big well, coup getting Chris back on because yeah. you know he was quite adamant he wasn't going to do Doctor Who again for you yeah. know the experiences he apparently had when he was when he was filming it. He just you know left that behind. But to, to get him back in is, I mean, it's a, it's a big thing as a fan because mm-hmm. I am a, we're both big fans of Doctor Who, and yeah. um, to have him back in to have any Doctor any actor who's been on who's done the role previously coming back in is brilliant. And this is this is a big big thing for big yeah. fi- big finish. The fact we had yeah. Paul McGee and we still have Paul McGann and Colin Baker and Sylvester and Peter. All those guys are still seemingly enjoying what they're doing. And it's, yeah. you know, and it's thanks to you guys, you know, the creative team and the family that you've got there who bring this stuff in. And it's more content than I can keep up with, to no, be honest. I've said yeah. this on the podcast <laughs> it's before, a lot. but it's a lot. I love the fact it's still being produced. I think it's brilliant. Well, I think you've hit on it there when you say family and it is mm. a I think it is so distinctively different to other organizations that I've worked with because we are all friends and Mm, there's a a profound respect that we all have for each other. We're all slightly geeky. I mean, you asked me if I was a fan of Doctor Who. No, I'm not, but I am a sci-fi geek. I I love sci-fi. I'll always pick sci-fi and fantasy over anything else uh, on TV. Let me just tick that Um, box right here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we're all just, we're slightly a bunch of, kind of slight outsiders of the mm-hmm. general industry like like I've yeah. described you know a bit more intellectual a bit more kind of interested in in other stuff and and we've all found each other here at mm. Big Finish and obviously we've got Jason at the top and Nick Briggs who are both just wonderful human beings yeah. uh, who really want to do the right thing yeah, by everyone yeah. and that's such a rarity to find. Like, I think you know like Paul was sort of saying you know the fact that so many uh, actors and talents keep coming back to it all it's mm. it, they wouldn't do it if they didn't enjoy it I mean I was going to say about Chris so you know, he came back to do his, his first four box sets and he's, he's doing another mm. set, isn't he? You know, it's all down years. to me. Well, I was going to say, you know, don't, don't play it down. Well done, Helen. Because, Thank yeah, you. But a big part of that must have been, you know, his, his relationship with you and enjoying Absolutely. that process. Yeah. And, and Well, he did. He um, obviously was directed by, um, I think, uh, well, I know Barnaby did one set because I was acting in that one. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, I think Ken Bentley might have done one. I can't remember, but um, yes, I mean, he's had a great time with everybody Mm. that he's worked with. And a big part of my job is to make sure that everybody has a great, fun day. Mm. Even when we're under pressure, even when things are going wrong technically, I have to be the one that is like, yeah, no, it's all fine. Everybody's great. (laughs) La, la, la. We're having a lovely time. (laughs) It's all fine. There's no problems at all. It's good. (laughs) Everything's under control. But very sweetly, at the end of the last set, um, yeah. Chris uh, said to me, he said, I do see, I notice what you do and how hard you work to keep everybody happy oh, and yeah. to make sure yeah. everybody's feeling confident and, and, you know, supported. And it's very rare for anyone to notice yeah. that, and to, yeah. let alone to comment on it. And yeah. I really appreciated that That's insight. Great. That's so sweet, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I, I remember when it was announced that David Tennant was coming back and mm-hmm. um I, th- I think there was an email that you know you you could order it now and there was a special kind of book set that they did <laughs> and i was out i was pushing my son in his pram in the park and uh i looked just looking at my emails and this thing came through i was like stop yeah but it was such a big thing that you know to get him back 
and and yeah. again the same with, with Chris, like we were saying. So you know, it'd be interesting to see who else returns in in the future. Uh -huh. you know. <laughs> yes, I mean, I don't know what everybody's wish lists are, but. I suppose the main thing is 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 reputation counts for a lot mm. and mm. even though we've lost our lovely lunches at big finish which were yeah. part of our <laughs> yeah. because of covid yes we, we provide those we spoke um, to um Bavnisha, uh, about uh, oh yes um, you know a, a big finish we stuff. wanted the we inside said, scoop on yeah. whether we've those heard big about these lunches were really that good and now they legendary they were, lunches <laughs> they were amazing yeah but i'm going to withdraw my application to big finish right yeah. now <laughs> i don't want to know <laughs> so that's sad but even though we've lost those we're still enticing amazing people to come yeah. and work with us and also because the scripts are so amazing you know our writers oh, yes. are incredible yeah. well that's it i don't think they people would you know sometimes a job's a job sure but i don't think people would keep coming back if if you know they weren't feeling the love from you know from your side from the fan side and and sure. getting something out of it creatively them, themselves you know yeah of course um so i i think for well certainly for for myself i'm looking forward to jody starting it at some oh. point down the line <laughs> I, I, uh, a, I think they have to wait a certain amount of years don't they before yes they i think so yeah probably in the yeah. contract isn't it i guess yeah because they yeah, just got 12th yeah. Doctor stuff now, didn't they? Um, but yeah. not Peter yet. So, yeah. I mean, what's amazing is that there is work going on into the future. You know, the fact mm. that Big Finish has got the license going mm. into the future, it's quite kind of mind-boggling, really, the potential of it all. Yeah. And, Although and you do... The... Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, and being reassured to know that we're going to be getting more, you know, mm. more stories for years to come is, is great. Yeah. yeah. Problem is, though, you know, sometimes if I'm asked to write a Doctor Who and they say, yeah, set it where you want, set it on any planet, <laughs> aliens, or do a historical, you're like, yeah. first of all, you think, well, oh, there's too much to choose from. Yeah. And then if it's a historical, frequently I'll send an idea and they'll say, no, we've done that. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Do, do so, they have, um, you know, like on a TV show, you know, you, you have like the Bible, which is all the kind of, you know, the history of the characters and things. They must have something like that to log all of these ideas and track arcs yeah. that the characters have had and things. Well, I might be wrong, but I think there's just one woman at the BBC that has all that information in her oh, head. Wow. And I'm really? sure I've met her, in yes. Her head. Yeah, because we have to obviously we write a treatment and then that gets sent off for storyline approval at the BBC yeah. and this person or whatever system they use, they have to work out if it aligns with all the existing stuff, right. canon, yeah. um, and then it gets approval or not. So, yeah, there are def there is definitely somebody at the BBC who I have met who is an absolute mine of oh, wow. detailed information about wow. everything like that's some ever kind of, happened. Some kind of mega mind ultra brain. Yes, there is a the mega mind ultra brain <laughs> in that role, yeah. Revenge of the polymath <laughs> mega brain. Somebody's dream soon. job, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Helen, tell us a bit about the differences for you between writing, directing and performing. Well, certainly writing feels similar to performing yeah. in that you're so invested in all of the characters. And I remember when I wrote Attergirl, um, my episode for Attergirl 1, and I had to, mm, it's going to be a spoiler here, <laughs> I had to kill off a character, basically. <laughs> and I didn't want to kill her, um, but she had to go. <laughs> and <laughs> so I wrote... The wall. Yeah, I wrote this scene, and as I was writing the scene, I was yeah. weeping and weeping, oh, and then I had to go and do the school pickup. Like, <laughs> I've just killed someone. I've killed someone <laughs> on paper. On yeah. paper. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's the same emotional connection that you have yeah. if you were acting it. I suppose mm. because I am acting all of those characters in my head. Well, yeah, um, yes, yeah, you have to, don't you, to, to yeah. be able to write it? Yeah, yeah. And then the directing is slightly different in that I just have to trust my instinct mm. again as an actor and as a writer. It's a it's a joining of the dots, isn't it? And mm. as a um, a kind of leadership consultant, which is what I did for for some years as well. So yeah. I'm utilizing leadership skills and um, positive language dynamics, and you know, trying to because I would never say to someone that doesn't work. How you did it then was didn't work. I'm always looking to say, well, that bit was great, and mm. what we need to do is get that bit up to match it. Mm. Uh, or can you do it this way? I'm always trying to tell people what I want rather than what I don't want. Yeah, it, um, it's um, it's a delicate line, isn't it, to, yeah. uh, you know, keep someone's confidence up uh, mm. and not tell them that, you know, that that wasn't up to scratch. It's, it's, yeah. There's, there's ways of wording crushed. it. That's yeah. it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, pulling the talent from them, isn't it? You yeah. Know, coaxing it out, giving them the belief and the confidence to really go for it. Exactly. Because yeah, they so can I, do it. You know they can yeah, do it. Yeah, you trust that the you have to trust that mm. these actors have gone through all this training and have this instinct and this desire to do it. And if they're coming up with a not great performance, it's yeah. because there's something else going on. They are lacking in confidence or they've misinterpreted something. Yeah. So yeah, you, you know, very occasionally I've had people who have not been strong at the start and I've mm. just said, Yeah, that's sounding great. <laughs> um and and here's how we can make it even greater yes that's it (laughs) uh but yeah somebody asked me the other day about how do i approach directing and everything i do is connected to music and musicality because music is my first love and Mm, mm. just as a symphony has all these dynamics and quiet moments and you know uh, fast movements a piece of drama has to have dynamics in that yeah. way. And you have to be conscious that it can't all be on one level. It yeah. has to, where's the peak? Where's the, where's the moment of tranquility? Where's the mm. intimacy? Where's the big stuff? So it's, you've kind of plot the dynamics in like that. So I was, my next question was, was going to be about, um, is it tricky writing for audio? Because obviously there's going to be no visual to it, but then what we've just been talking about has made me think about how is it acting for audio and, and covering all those emotions and things when you know there's no camera on and no one sees <laughs> it you know it must be so tricky putting so much more into the words and the performance to, to make up for that lack of visual yeah I suppose in some ways it's in some ways it's incredibly liberating because a you don't have to learn the lines so you're not searching yeah. for that mm. it's all fresh and spontaneous it's all there on the page uh also you it doesn't matter what you look like so I played a pirate the other day and I was talking like and you know obviously I wouldn't be able to do that on film <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know the facial expressions yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you, you've there, sold me there yeah <laughs> yeah totally yeah. so there's a there's a freedom in that as well you do whatever you need to do physically yeah. to get the right sounds out but really it's such an incredible landscape of it's a dreamscape mm, of mm. imagination. So the more you can picture the scenario and the more you understand the physical um, aspect of the of where that character is. So if they've yeah. been running, obviously, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the more you just picture it like a child playing yeah. and doing role play, the more thrilling it is. Um, 
so that bit is easy and you don't have to make eye contact with the other actors and you very rarely do when you're doing audio it doesn't really matter because you are in that space in your Mm. imagination um but it's um is is that quite difficult as well though because if you're if you're not able to respond or bounce off other actors in the same way yeah, does that have its own challenges. I was going to ask: Are you all together for the sessions? You know, is is there one main big Finnish studio that people go to, or are things separate? I know, obviously, through lockdown they have been, but yeah, like Paul's saying, how, how does it, you know, how does it work? You know, generally, even if you're in a studio, so we've got several studios on the on the go. <clears throat> because we've got several. Yeah, we've got loads of studios. Yeah, we've got loads. Studios coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got studios down there. Studios upstairs. Studios downstairs. If you want a studio, just ask me. We've got studios. Yeah. <laughs> but no lunch. Sorry. No lunch. Yeah. yeah, we don't do lunches anymore. Um, <laughs> you just go down to Tesco. Studios, no problem. Uh, yeah, because obviously sometimes we're recording yeah. two or three dramas in a day. Yeah, so, wow. uh, but at every studio. You have the fun of meeting in the green room, in yeah. the common area, and then once you're in the studio, generally we're we're in the same space, but yeah, you're still yeah. in your own little space. Little you, corner, you, yeah. It's quite rare that you feel that you have to look up and make eye contact, mm. and it it kind of doesn't matter because I had a voice teacher in college once who said you can't lose yeah. truth from the voice, and as long as you know what your character is doing and why they're doing it. Everybody else will hear that too. Everyone else mm-hmm. will pick up on that. So you pick up on your cues in exactly as you would in filming or, or theater. You just don't have that physical connection. I, I, was, I must admit, I was, I was kind of really getting involved in, in, in what you're saying there because I was trying to put myself into this place where you can just focus purely on your own performance, you know, and that kind of pulls you into that arena. And I can yeah. just imagine the whole visual sounds at landscape just, just forming around you nebulously, yeah. but so involving, you know, it, yes. it really comes through when you listen to these things. I it's think that's why people is. love doing it like, mm. because you can focus on your own performance. Yeah. You know, you have to be very um, generous on stage mm. Uh, mm. and be conscious of what the other actor needs. And actually, yes, you don't talk over somebody else's lines, but really you, you are more focused on your own journey. Yeah, audio. yeah, yeah. So, like you said earlier, it's liberating. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it like that, but yeah, it must. Yeah, I can see the uh, the appeal to it and that chance to just kind of, yeah, turn up in in your joggers and you know, no makeup yeah. and prosthetics or whatever, and, yeah. and just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if I can drop another name, um, I did um, one of the episodes with John Hurt um, shortly before he passed away, yeah. and he had obviously been quite unwell prior mm. to that but was sort of in remission at the time I think and he said oh he said I just it's just wonderful to turn up and not have any lines to learn and, and to just act <laughs> yeah you know? yeah spontaneously yeah 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 I, I, without yeah, all the paraphernalia it. of filming yeah. Or, yeah yeah so you've worked with various doctors now do they all have kind of different approaches to things because obviously they they know their characters now so i suppose directing them uh, and and writing for them must be quite collaborative because 
you know they they can probably do it you know second nature can't they yeah. so <laughs> it's quite rare that you would need to give anyone any steering yeah. mm. any of those doctors it's mainly any direction that i would give would be about oh i think we've probably got a bit more noise in the background here so raise the, raise yes. the volume yeah. um could we have a bit more breathlessness or you know when he punches you a bit more of a oof. <laughs> but that's about the extent of it and and absolutely fair game you know why would Mm. you be trying to direct any of those people who where it's in their dna now you know yeah Yeah. Mm, i think your doctor might do this yeah Mm. Uh, i don't think think so that would be my doctor yeah do you do you feel um so sometimes like when i'm out out at work and i'm i've got someone in front of the camera and they're doing a really great job and i think i should probably give them some sort of direction here but there's not much I can say because they're, they're nailing it. And then I feel like I'm probably being really inadequate here. Do you feel well, like, you know, it makes it easier, doesn't it, in a way, you know? Yeah. I mean, what I suppose I do do, I said do do, uh, what I suppose <laughs> I do sometimes do, and I'm never sure if it's appropriate, but I think it probably is for all actors, is that I'll say that bit was great. I loved how you did that. You know, thank mm, you for the, the mm, energy you brought was yeah. so spot on. Um, because I think all actors need to hear that yeah and I think if you're if you are very well established you probably very rarely hear it Mm. uh, as the years go on um but yeah so I've I've worked with almost all of them I think I've worked with all of the doctors now either as an actor or or a director and of course they're all absolutely it's ingrained in their in their blood yeah (laughs) yeah so out of the uh different stories that you've done which was your biggest acting challenge Ooh, oh, there's a question. And was it human or was it alien? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I think I found um, Storm Warning quite tricky mm. uh, because I was three strains of the same alien species in that. So one of them was in that pitch and one of them was mm. in the middle and one of them was down yeah. there. And then I had to have conversations with myself and then everybody else in the other booth was laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> so so you so get paid ridiculous. for doing that. I, yeah, I, I get yeah. the piss taken out of me completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's doing it again. It's probably yeah. Paul's, himself again. Dream, dream job, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I suppose uh, in terms of challenge, gosh, it's so hard. I suppose Doctor Who and the Pirates was quite hard work. Yeah, yeah. I was very scared of the singing um, <laughs> because I hadn't sung for a, a couple of years when I did that. And that was like, oh, a whole other yeah side to me that big finish hadn't seen uh there's there's yeah. quite a lot of um audio uh effects on a lot of the alien voices aren't there yeah. so how much uh so i listened to the the creeping death recently uh, oh yes and so how much <laughs> of the the alien voice is you and how much of it is enhanced afterwards so, you know, well it, i think People might be under the impression if you've got an effect on your voice that, that yeah. there's you don't have to do much, but mm. actually it's really takes loads of energy to play an alien. Like okay, the Silurians, the first time I kind of watched the old, you know, original series Silurians, that was exhausting. Playing yeah. those because you have to do them. Yeah. You know, it all has to be from there. And yes, they're going to put brilliant. an effect on it. I thought Silurian was right in the room. Yeah. yeah that's that's so good. Good. <laughs> but if you don't have, give that energy yeah. and that yeah. behind it, 
or you don't like I can't remember yeah. what I did for creeping death but I'm sure it was probably something that is quite strained or mm, takes yes. some sort of tension from the diaphragm yeah. and those parts are actually really tiring I, I, yeah do, doing it repeatedly yeah it must yeah. be yeah so um what script did you find the most challenging to write subterfuge Ooh. oh uh, well subterfuge and also yeah. the script i wrote for star cops i really hit a brick wall oh i haven't that. listened to that one yet after i'm yeah. looking forward to that i uh, so love star cops subterfuge was tricky because it, it yeah. needed loads of research i was given a set of prescribed factors to build in so i had the mm. monk i had churchill i had to set it after the war for the election um obviously i had sylvester's doctor and so there were all these elements that yeah. I had to build in. It's like So I had several lead characters and that boggled my brain for mm. about a week. I just sat in front of my desk and thought, I don't <laughs> even know how to begin with this. And in the end, I just used a different tactic of um, post-it yeah. notes of events, things that I wanted to okay. happen, yeah. climaxes yeah. that I wanted to achieve. And then I worked it around that. Yeah, that's quite interesting because I, I, I was just listening to that one, actually. It's it's. It, it, it is quite um, quite a cast of characters, and yeah. even though it's quite a tight cast in a way, you know, it's the canvas seems really broad, and it pulls in themes from the kind of uh, you know sort of spy thrillers of the of the, of the time, and yes. you know, of course, we've got Winston doing his thing. So, you, and and then you get this weird counterpoint where you've got like the serious the seriousness of that kind of spy thriller genre with the ridiculousness of the monk and his yes. kind of jolly it's jolly absurd. jokes and everything yeah. else and it's it's a mesmerizing listen yeah. and then you've got a sci-fi element as well you've got the thing with the you know the two Spaceship, um, yeah. stranded aliens and everything it's yeah that's a huge i could just imagine uh, now the number of post-it notes yeah. you must have had and it was like that it boggled yeah. my brain uh, and actually i had been to the spy museum in berlin uh, the yeah. year year before and that was what kind of inspired all all of that um, but yeah, no, I was really proud of how it turned out. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was painful. Most of it's painful <laughs> writing. Painful. It's painful. Yeah. Was it one of those when you were kind of glad to see that it was done? You know, yeah. pleased with it, obviously, but glad now that it's done. It's out there, and the result is fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I was glad to see the back of it. <laughs> I was trying to find a polite way to say that, but if you want to yeah, put it that is, way, it's that fine by me. Yeah. <laughs> glad to see the tail end of that one. Good evening. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, we spoke to Bav recently uh, oh. about Time Jacked, oh, uh, and yeah. uh, which was a great uh, uh, adventure. So, um, what was it like working with her? And can you tell us if we'll hear more of Kira Sandstrom? Oh. Uh, well, I don't she, she know. <laughs> I genuinely don't know the answer to that question. Mm. Um, but when I I cast Bav in that series, and I did not know her Doctor mm. Who connection. I basically, oh, really? Was, no, I was listening for the right voice. I knew yeah. what the right voice was. And I went through loads of different actors. I listened to loads of demos. And then I struck upon hers. I thought, oh, yes, perfect. And then I looked up her CV mm. and thought, oh, okay. So she's got a connection already. Mm. So I wasn't sure if she would want to do it, yeah. you know, this yeah. character. Um, and then I was delighted when we got her. And of course, she's delightful it's lovely yeah brilliant um so professional she got on brilliantly with jacob dudman um mm. they had great chemistry and they had yeah. a lovely time together they were at the studio and i was remote unfortunately oh. yeah she um, said that they were together didn't she yeah yeah and i think that's such a big part of it if you've got chemistry yeah. like that it really mm. helps 
Yeah. So that, that goes back to what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, people's faces fitting and, you know, they, they're who they know and getting lucky and things like that. So I didn't realise that you hadn't known that Bav had done the show. So, you, yeah. you know, she was cast purely on, you know, her the talent. talent. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, the show is kind of, because initially I thought, oh, she, you know, she's done it because she's been in the show and, and you know, but it's obviously capable of it all as well. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to know, you know, mm. it was purely on how good she is and not totally. just, yeah, just yeah. because of the, the, the talent show. comes yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And and t- talk talk to us a bit about Jacob Dudman because his uh his story, his journey is quite something, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Very inspirational. Oh, yeah. What can I say? He I first met him, I think he'd just turned nineteen when he started working <laughs> the big finish. And everyone had yeah. said, like Nick Briggs had auditioned him and David Richardson, and they said he's gonna be a star. And I thought, Oh mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then I I met him and thought, oh my goodness, yeah, he's just got it all. He's got the whole package and he's such a lovely young man, really wise and got his head screwed on right and really wants to, I think he will do something extraordinary with his inevitable fame. Um, he's, he's doing a bit of TV, isn't he? Is that right? If I yeah, that? I mean, yeah. he'll be if he doesn't get into movies yeah. soon. Uh, I'll be very surprised. He'll be mm. doing huge, huge stuff. I mean, um, listening to his, his um, you know, in, in, I was going to say impressions. That's not really the right word, is it? But his, his impersonations of you know the other doctors, characterization. Yeah, his character. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a more accurate. They're no, so good. I mean, it's, it's thank you. Uh, it's Capaldi <laughs> was absolutely brilliant. I mean, yeah. I, I was just completely yeah. lost in it, like like yeah. it was him. You know, he's, yeah. he, he's he's got you know the dramatic side of it as as well as the the you know the you know the accent and all the inflections <laughs> and you know things yeah. like that. More frivolous yeah. side that's, as well. He's got that's all what yeah. makes him differentiates him really mm. is that yes, he he is an impressionist, but he's an extraordinarily. Uh, brilliant actor yeah yeah you can tell he's he's, I've worked with so instinctive not trained in the formal way that many people are and um he after we'd worked together for a little bit he emailed me and said oh you know I want to really make a go of of acting and I need an agent and I was like just send them your photograph (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure they'll all want you regardless whether you've got all this amazing talent or not yeah (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, obviously every agent that he contacted wanted to take They all wanted him. And then the first job he got was starring in a BBC, you know, teenage, teenagers um, TV series. So I I I think you'll be all right. Yeah, I think think it'll go far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, Helen, you you mentioned earlier about your your theatre work that you, you um, you know, began with. Um, Tell us a little bit about that, because it's quite an impressive list of directors that you've you've worked with, isn't it? Yes, I mean, I I trained originally, I went to ballet school um, from the age of 12. I was at full-time ballet school. Oh, wow, uh, yeah. And then went on to the musical theatre course at the same school, Arts Educational, and carried on doing loads of dance, loads of singing, but really knew that I wanted to be an actor (laughs) more than anything. (laughs) So when you come out of a course like that, and I started working professionally when I was 19, Yeah. people have preconceptions about you because you, you're mm. a dancer in their eyes. So if you're a dancer, then you can't be a very good actor. Um, there are all these sort of categories that you're put into, these pigeonholes that people want to cram you into. <clears throat> um, but I was very fortunate because my first job 
was with Kenneth Branagh's Renaissance Theatre Company. So that was understudying in Uncle Vanya. Um, And then I just, I just kind of had such a difficult time getting auditions. Yeah. Um, But I was very lucky in that the few auditions that I did get seen for, I always got one of them. You know, I managed to keep on working fairly consistently. But there were certainly periods in between where I was desperately unhappy and and frustrated and um and felt terribly resentful about the way the industry worked it's mm. like if i if i looked more um conventional it wouldn't be a there wouldn't be an issue i would be through the door and my talent would then get me the part but what i've realized in later years and this has quite been quite an interesting journey for me i'd had a dna test and i knew i had a jewish heritage but i didn't understand that my ethnicity is Jewish. So my DNA came back right. as, you know, 90% Ashkenazi Jew, yeah. which is quite a big... <laughs> uh, so I am white other. So I was obviously going up for parts that, that wanted Anglo-Saxon heritage, yeah, yeah. you know, white people. Mm. And I thought I was in that category, but actually I should have been marketing myself as a good-looking Jewish person. <laughs> <laughs> You know, rather than trying to be a beautiful Anglo-Saxon, you know, typically English person, which I clearly wasn't. So that's been quite a revelation to me in recent times. I thought, oh, I wonder if there was some subconscious discrimination going on Mm. there that I didn't fit the mold. People didn't quite know why. And I didn't know why. Um, So, yeah, it's been a very strange journey. But then as Steve Jobs said, you do these obscure things in your life and then eventually mm. the dots connect yeah, and that certainly yeah. happened with directing and it happened with composing and uh, I remember thinking when I wrote my, one of my first songs and I was recording all the harmonies for it and I thought oh this is why I've got this ridiculous three octave vocal range which was completely <laughs> pointless you know in theatre but yeah. totally useful if yeah. I'm re- recording my own music so yeah, you do eventually connect the dots. Yeah, th- things you know, things are meant to happen sometimes, aren't they? And also, you you, you never know what will come from you know a, a meeting with someone or you know a, a job you do, and you know how important it is to you know just basically be kind to people yeah, and, and be yes. a good person, and be you know decent, that that can yeah. pay you back in in later life and you know, all that yeah. kind of thing. I didn't know that first scene. I mm. did one scene in Spectre of Lanyon Moore and I did not yeah, know that that would yeah. lead to my my big break of a career, yeah. really. Yeah. 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 So you've um, you've done quite a bit of work with Louise Jameson, haven't you? Yes, I have. Is my, she lovely? She's one of my dearest, Aww. beloved friends. Yeah. Everything you imagine she is is what she is she's an extraordinary human being just mm. one of my favorite people in the world yeah so she it's um did you write the, the show pulling faces and she was in it and, and we devised it together right. i wrote the the bulk of the of the script and um yes and then obviously she took it on tour mm. and then we worked together in several different uh, ways through Big Finish again mm. and obviously had a friendship then and then At A Girl happened. Uh, Louise really was the one that insisted that I produced it and I, I said, I sure. don't want to be a producer. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to do that? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like really hard work. Uh, but no, she and David Richardson persuaded yeah. me. Um, 
and that was what, one of the projects that I'm most proud of. I think she and I yeah, together, yeah. we collaborate so brilliantly. Did, did you win an award for it recently? Did I see that? We we got into the finals for both the Attergirl series. Mm, we were finals yeah. of the BBC Audio Drama Awards, which was just brilliant, amazing. So we were highly commended in that. Um, and then we were in the New York Audio Publishing Association Awards, the Audis uh, for Attergirl 2, which was even more of a... Uh, an accolade in a sense because we had four writers on um mm. Attergirl one and it was just me and louise on Attergirl oh, two right. yeah. um so that felt like a real kind of pat on the back mm, that's, lo- that's lovely yeah mm. um so uh, i've got a couple more questions and paul you might have some <laughs> as well and then we've had some in from uh, people on twitter ah okay um, so what are you working on at the moment <laughs> and i've appreciate you probably can't tell us everything so feel free to use code words <laughs> right okay um what i'm working on at the moment is a script for a series that has been it's it's from the worlds of doctor who mm. uh, but not doctor who and mm. i have found it quite difficult to get my head around the world of it so that's okay. taken me quite some time to come up with a storyline that works and I'm also working on a series that I had directed but now I'm going to be co-writing uh, the next box set of that and and I'm also doing loads of voice work outside of Big Finish yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been doing lots of video game work I was just mm. in Dying Light 2 that's just been released <gasps> Is that a horror one yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I know the one. When yeah. You mean, yeah. And uh, doing quite a lot of corporate uh, voice work as well. So that's been a nice new avenue of of interest. Uh, so yeah, that's the main thing. And obviously, loads of directing is coming up. Yeah. Uh, next yeah, month. Yeah. Loads of it. So you you it sounds like you're you're kind of busy with with something <laughs> all the time. And and yes. I think you know, like I was saying earlier, when you you know. Like for me, you know, I direct and I camera and things, but I can edit as well. So mm-hmm. I'm able to kind of, you know, keep myself busy by by being able to do that kind of breadth of stuff. And so some of the actors I know have gotten into presenting and then voiceover work, you know, similar yeah. to you. And and I uh, maybe you uh, think the same, but it helps to to keep you busy, doesn't it? Literally, oh, yeah. because <laughs> you're able to do more, so yeah. there's more opportunities. Yeah, I think all actors. Um, there's some kind of myth going around that if mm. you've got a backup plan, then you don't mean it. You know, you're not focused enough on oh, being an I've actor. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah, <laughs> really. I, there's no, no plan No, no, no. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You, there's no plan B. That's fine. But you need um, a whole network of supporting um, yeah. financial uh, opportunities around you. So mm. I always said mm. at drama school, they should be teaching people how to do carpentry and plastering and yeah. electrics and hairdressing and nail, yeah. you know, manicuring and how to do massage because that's stuff that you could do in, on a flexible basis mm. and supplement your income yeah. and still have time to go and do your, your real thing that you want to do. But if you don't have anything like that, mm. you're really in a in a very challenging position. Yeah. Yeah, I, you're I going to end f- up doing something soul destroying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's that's it. So that's, I used to feel yeah. feel pumps at, at Sainsbury's and uh, what pump are you on? Have you got an extra card? Uh, <laughs> you know, all, all of it come flashing back. But you know, <laughs> yeah. and then you'd argue with people about a penny that had gone over on the pump. But that'd um, be me. I'm yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can believe that. But um, I, I think you're right, Helen, because it 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 can be really easy to. Yeah. 
get the fear of it all and and you know i haven't worked you know in in entertainment as it were for a month or something and go and get an office job and then you're stuck in it it's and, dark it's you dark. know i've had friends who you know they do the nine to five oh, i'd love to get into photography but it's it's almost impossible mm. when as you get older yeah. to, to take that leap when you've got a mortgage or kids or whatever and you know so i'm i'm lucky that i got going with my stuff you know in my early 20s but if I wanted to do it now at the age of, you know, 25 as I am now, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, 20 odd years mm. later, you know, I'd, I'd never be able to do it. You know, no. it's, it's too risky. So it's a yeah. privilege. It's a, it's a privilege to be uh, able to work in the arts. And and I totally get the argument uh, mm. about it being elitist, because regardless of your I mean, my background is my mother was the daughter of immigrants, you know, German Jewish immigrants. Yeah, and my father yeah. was a Bernardo's boy. He was in social care all his childhood. So it wasn't a very auspicious background, but they were both professional, you know, they were teachers mm. and we had a reasonably comfortable life. Um, but I knew however destitute I was as an actor, and I was seriously destitute many times, there was a safety net there. Mm -hmm. So that was my privilege to be able to keep going. If I didn't have that safety net, I couldn't have done it. So that's why people from working class backgrounds have, it's too dangerous, you know, mm. to slip down and um, fall down and not be able to get back up again. And yeah. uh, anyone who has the privilege of, of a stable financial family background where you know you will be rescued in the, yeah. if you're really if desperate. If it really gets down to it. Yeah, if you don't have that, you've, you're at a massive disadvantage. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know, having a job that offers you the flexibility as well, because mm -hmm. an audition might come up, is tomorrow yeah. at nine o'clock. Mm. Well, you know, if, if you're in the office... The boss like, says, no, we've got an important sales and marketing meeting yeah, tomorrow morning. Yeah, exactly. You've got to be there, Chuck. Yeah. But, you know, when I, uh, probably about 15, 16 years yeah. ago, I wrote to all the local businesses in my area. And I yeah. said, I'm a brilliant administrator. I can sort out your filing system. I can get everything, you know, yeah, nice and clear yeah. for you and do telephone calls and all of that. All I ask in return is flexibility because I am an actor and I want to go for auditions. And I wrote these letters and I didn't hear yeah. anything back. And then six <sighs> months later, no, a year later, wow. I had a phone call from a woman called Deborah who had a PR business locally. And she said, yeah, yeah, I'll employ you. So I did Brilliant. three days a week with her. And if yeah. I had an audition, I'd say, can I come in on a different day? She'd go, yeah. And then yeah. she became my best friend oh, wow. ever yeah. like you know we're just <laughs> best buddies we've been through everything together and yeah. you know I think there is the capacity to create an ideal scenario for mm. yourself as long yeah, as you've got confidence yeah. in what you can bring yeah and, and you have to work at it a bit as well mm. but yeah. yeah you you can do it and and also you just you just never know what will happen you know I've had things like that where I've emailed someone don't get a reply Oh, and two yeah. two years later, you know, you you get oh yeah, just picking up on this again, and you, I'm reading the email yeah. thinking picking up on what? Oh yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other going. top tip I would say because I worked at Roleplay UK, mm. which was a corporate uh, roleplay company for for a few years when I first became a mum, and. I was in charge of recruitment and obviously we got inundated with actors who wanted to do role play because that's yeah, a good supporting yeah. job for acting career. Um, and we never needed new people. Our books were full, which is often the case with theatre agents. Mm. But the people that wrote repeatedly 
just succinct, just checking in, seeing if you're recruiting, just checking in. Yeah. Um, eventually, they were the ones yeah. that we would go, oh, we need an extra person in London yeah. and we don't have anyone on the books who's free. I know, there's that girl who kept on emailing. Did you remember them? Yeah, yeah. I have to and say, so, that is so important. Yeah, yeah. you've got yeah, to, you, even if you don't hear back, you've got yeah, to write yeah. six times minimum before your name starts. Yeah embedding in the yes. other person's mind it's it's so true i again i'm i'm in a similar place to you there helen i you know i, I put out for a lot of freelance work and i i honestly i get inundated with all kinds of applications and i'm really glad you're saying that you didn't hear from somebody for two years because i think i've got two years worth where i haven't actually got back to anybody but i need to <laughs> now you feel better the yeah. people, well the thing is the people i have got back to and the people i have um sort of brought in are those people who constantly chase me up yeah. you know and they're saying have you have you read my cv have you done this can yeah. i just you know reintroduce myself have you and it's you know i don't mind those things i love it because you're right it does put them at the top and yeah. i would say i would echo that to all young people you know if you want to chase something be chase persistent it. you don't yeah. have to be obnoxious or anything no. like that believe in yourself have the confidence to push and push and push i think yeah, yeah. um that's my little life advice there it doesn't come <laughs> often, but, you know, but we, we're early aren't we it's not even it's is it about 11 o'clock yeah nearly 11 yeah. isn't yeah. it yeah, yeah so i'm it's my, my peak. I peak at this time. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go sleep for a bit. Yeah. Now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> recover, um, recover. I'm not quite sure how to follow. That that was quite uh, quite an inspirational little, little moment we all had there. Well, it's, it's a thing I love about, you know, all the um, all, all the fabulous, beautiful celebs that we've had on, Helen, is that you all tell us about your experiences from mm. the inside. And I think what's really what really um, resonates with a lot of our listeners and, and me and Jeff as well is the fact that, you know, we all start out as ordinary people. We, yeah. You know, just like everybody else, we have hopes and aspirations and dreams, desires to do a certain thing. We have setbacks. We have failures. We're rejected constantly. We're, you know, the favorite thing we'd set our hopes and dreams on sometimes just doesn't happen because, mm. you know, as you say, you might not just look the part in a casting director's eyes. But there's always another opportunity. There always, yeah. There's always something. But you have to work at it, I yeah. think. That's, that, yeah. that's the thing you, you have to You can't wait really for it to land in your lap can you i would say every inverted commas failure in my mm. life and there have been many many of them has been a springboard for me yeah where because my process is always i'll be devastated for two days and think why <laughs> did i put myself through that <laughs> and then yeah. i'll become full of rage uh, yeah. about in, in, the injustice <laughs> of life and then i'll think right well i'm gonna make this happen now yeah. i'm gonna do this and often the thing that you make mm. happen out of rage or frustration or or just this tsunami of creative energy mm. that was always in me frustrated energy um those are the things that gives you give you by far the most satisfaction mm. yeah, uh, yeah and reward yeah Looking back on things now, how your career has turned out, is there anything you would change or do you think, no, do you know what? That's brilliant. I, I love where I am. I love how I got here. Or is there any kind of little burning regret somewhere and something you didn't do or that you would change? I love where I am. I love yeah. how I got here. I feel incredibly lucky, especially during COVID, you know, to mm. be in an industry that, that was still producing um, stories. Um, I do have regrets. I regret that I... I didn't have more confidence in myself mm. as a physical entity. I was so fixated on the aesthetics. And actually, I think if I had just gone in the room with more belief in myself, yeah. 
Um, mm. I believed totally in my ability. I knew I was talented. I just used to walk in and think, oh, they're going to be disappointed with how I look. And I was good looking, you know, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I was. Just, you yeah, are. I, yeah, yeah. I just knew I didn't, I didn't fit the, the mold. Yeah. I, I was yeah. very acutely aware of that. Having been grown up in ballet school, you know, it was yeah. all about aesthetics. It was all about faces and bodies and you know, yeah. what you look like. Um, so I am sad about that. But... Um, and I wish I'd started writing earlier. Mm. Uh, I knew I could write and it seemed too easy. I was so used to everything being a struggle and people would ask me yeah. to write stuff for them and I'd rustle something up and go, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so like, I, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I denied, I denied yeah. that natural flow of energy. I was in denial about it. Like, that's too easy. It can't be that. Yeah. That can't be the thing I'm supposed to be doing. It's all supposed to be a battle, isn't it? So when I finally started accepting mm. that I was a writer, that felt very natural and and correct and it just took me so long and it's and is that a confidence thing again do you think you know the, the fact that you produce a piece of writing and you think well it's just what I do it's not yeah. it's not brilliant or great or anything <laughs> I think it was more that I was so I mean the ambition yeah. I had as an actor was so overwhelming and right. yeah. all-consuming um I mean my father summed it up well I think when I was in mm. my 30s mid 30s he said you're like a drug addict he said, when you, yeah, when you get what you want, you're on a high, but you're, you're still high, not yeah. quite satisfied. You still want something else. He said, and in between, you're on this desperate low mm. where you're craving this high, uh, and then you get it, and it's not quite what you want. You know, I was yeah, never fully yeah. satisfied. Um, so that was a real shock to me. I thought, oh, yeah, you're right. This isn't very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably why routine is, is kind of anathema, though, isn't it, in, in a way? Yeah. You know, the idea of a nine-to-five or something and, you know, reg I mean, some people love it. My my eldest daughter, she she loves a routine. I don't. Yeah. I, I despise I the very idea yeah. of routine. And, you know, and so does my youngest daughter. <laughs> my wife, again, loves a routine. It's right. There's a dividing line between the family. But actually, yeah. between, between us, because if it was left to me, no chance. Nothing would ever get done because yeah. there's no routine. Whereas, actually, we need a bit of process, a bit of structure to kind of bring things into line. So it's nice that we have that. Well, I and, found that... I found that very difficult when I became a mum. You know, I was mm. trying to find other mums to connect with, obviously, ideally creative yeah, and a bit quirky yeah. uh, like me. And uh, and I would go to baby groups. You know, they have these <clears throat> mother oh, and baby yes. groups. Yep. Yes. And then I'd chat to people and they'd say, are you coming next week? And I would think, what, you're coming to the same group? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do it twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you come every Monday, God, yeah. that's no. With a whole God. bunch of other people in another yeah. group at a different time, and yeah, eat and drink different things. It just didn't come into my thinking at all. What well, I would go every week to the same group and meet the same people. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lonely time those early years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she doesn't come to our group. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, talking there about you know, having some sort of a structure to things and, and being mm. organized, it, it makes me think about the number of people I, I've met over the years who, who have none of that. Mm. And, you know, we work in a, in a job that isn't nine to five, but, you know, you still have to be, you know, like being able to pick up the phone. And, and you know, I've, I phone people whose voicemails are like, please leave a message. I'll try and get back to you. I don't want you to try. Oh. I, I want you to succeed at yes. using your phone. Oh, do not. There is no yeah, time. Yeah. And then, and then they phone back two weeks later. Oh, I'm just phoning up about that shoot. Yeah, that happened last yeah. week, mate. It's gone. Yeah. You know? 
and and they don't reply to emails or you know yeah. things like that. And I that's think... the creative excuse. The the excuse yeah. of the creative is mm. that I am too busy being creative to to do the <laughs> to function properly. The routine yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. And that routine stuff does not come naturally to me at all. Mm, no, but I worked really hard to acquire yeah. those skills because I knew they were necessary. Yes, because also a lot of people like you know. Paul, you know, when when we work with kind of corporate clients, you know, in, in our stuff, they're doing nine to five, mm. you know, and, and so they need you to be available in, in that window. And you yeah. can't just be like, hey, phone me at 11 o'clock tonight. You know, that's when I'll be working. It it, it, it doesn't work like that. So you, no. you do have to kind of, you know, bend a little bit to, to fit well, into... I think what it is, it's the difference between a kind of ongoing mindless routine and a sense of discipline within it, like a self-discipline that you have. Yeah, you you don't have to sit into that, you know, Mm. nine to five, do you? But you have to have some some self-discipline, yeah, to to be able to make it all all work, yeah. And a system, you know, you can't just hold it all in your head. I can't hold it in my head. Although there is that mega brain at the BBC. Yeah, Yeah. does hold it all in her head. She's got it. She's got it all. love to meet this person. They're going to have to get... to get that out, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. A mythical person. Yeah, like the. Oh, we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get Mega Brain on there. On yeah, the podcast. yeah. Have to find yeah. out who this person is. Yeah. I apologise because yeah. I, I know she'll have a lovely name and everything. Yeah, fabulous, it's, it's the job title. Who she is. Doctor Who Mega Brain. You know? yeah. Yeah. If it <laughs> isn't, it should be. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, should I agree. Be. Yeah. Absolutely should be. And polymath. I, I'm going to take. Huh? There's one word I'm going to take away with me today. Ah, polymath. I'm going to put it on that. my business cards. There yeah, you, you should. Yeah. Yeah. Do that one. Revenge <laughs> of the polymath. <laughs> well, my next question was going to Go be on, what, what would be your dream big finish project? But I think Paul's just done it. It's Revenge of the Polymath. <laughs> revenge of the polymath. I'll write that for you. I, I won't yeah. even charge you for it. It's fine. I would like to write. Uh, an original comedy um i'd quite like to write a comedy sci-fi series yeah. i think um i think we could do with a bit more of that at big finish mm, totally agree. Um, but it wouldn't, wouldn't have to be uh, sci-fi i did think about like a almost a soap opera set on a cruise ship because i met my husband on a cruise ship, oh right all oh, right and the the stuff that goes on you, oh, would you wouldn't believe it eh? <laughs> <laughs> i could open a few eyelids that's for sure Blimey, yeah <laughs> yeah so something like that i'd quite like to yeah. write an ongoing almost like a sitcom Oh, like yeah. Um, yeah. like like Triangle or something. No, not yeah. Triangle. I wasn't uh, a cruise line. That was a ferry. Two point wasn't four it, children. But... There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, I'd love to do that. I was trying to write comedies actually, but um, it never comes out very funny. So, <laughs> That's <laughs> a fatal it's flaw. It's funny in the to me. I laugh yeah. like a drain when I read this stuff. Give it to anyone else. I went What's and did a com- I did a comedy course yeah. with. Oh, I, I mean, can't remember her surname. A, a comedy writer called Gronya something or other okay, uh, she yeah. writes for news jack and lots of radio 4 stuff and she mm. basically did a three-day course on the nuts and bolts of the science of comedy Ooh, no and, way this is and it was like the doors yeah. of perception opening in my mind yeah. right? on the first day i was like oh of course that's how that's it works what it is. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so those courses are out there, Paul. You know, workshops. I have to get <laughs> yeah, myself involved in one of those. Yeah. Yes, I'll be on it. <laughs> um, so I've got a couple of questions here from some of our Twitter followers. So uh-huh. um, thank our, you, followers. Yeah, thanks, everyone. So this is from our friend Cooper Hillier, uh, all the way from Australia. Well, he he, he sent us a message in our chat group, didn't he, Paul? He said, "Can I ask two questions?" Yeah, and I said, uh, "No." He's asked three, in fact. Oh, we might have sort of um, answered one of these, but his first question mm. is um, What was your personal favorite project that you worked on for Big Finish? Um, 
so yeah, um, I'll let you answer. Girl. Um it's a tw- it's a close tie between Attergirl and working with Chris on the Ninth Doctors. Uh, they're probably on a par. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. when he said, uh, "Who's your favourite Doctor or other character to Ooh. write for?" To write for, ooh, interesting. Hmm. Probably the monk. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah because what was it about the monk? Oh, God, on, well, say, because he's he? so he's so outrageous, isn't he? He says the yeah. stuff that other people wouldn't dare say, and <laughs> yeah, he's so disdainful. He and um, yeah, I love his character. And it's it's it's. I'm just going to go into this just for two seconds because right. one thing like this, another thing, I just remind me that I, I loved about subterfuge is 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 the relationship between the monk and the doctor. Mm. You know, the fact they're antagonists, and yes. it's not like they. It's not we we don't get like a, a big confrontation in the way that we get like a master doctor confrontation. You know, those scenes are always very intense, very you know massive. And but with the with, with with the monk, it's like it, it's like a battle of wills. There's a playful element, almost a seriousness, because yeah. if Churchill doesn't do the speech he's supposed to do, it all goes to hell in a handbasket, mm. you know. But the Doctor is is more like, well, I can do better than the monk. I can persuade Churchill more, and there's this kind of push and pull between them that sometimes goes to comedy, has yes. its darker moments, but is never one thing or the. I I absolutely yeah. loved it. it well, I was quite listening. deliberately pitching it like that. I wanted oh, yeah. it came yeah, through yeah. then. I got yes, it. Yes. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because a lot of my training work is about yeah. influence. It's about how mm. you use language um, to Same. influence yeah. the other person, um, and that's what the doctor obviously has to do with mm. Churchill. Um, and it's very doctory as well, isn't it? You know, it's the sort of thing <laughs> the doctor would do. You wouldn't pick up a gun and threaten somebody. It's yeah. how do I influence them? What can I do? What can mm, I say? Yeah. And of course, the yeah. monk's trying to do his thing. Well, he's already got it. He's there first, and he's doing his thing already. He's in there, yeah, yeah. being uh, manipulative already. Yeah, it's a difference between manipulation, which comes from a dark mm. objective, yes. and positive influence, which comes from the light, really. Uh, so yeah, that's what I set out to do, and you picked up on it. So thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm going to knock that one up as well. Next to yeah. polymath, polymath. Yes. <laughs> so Cooper also asks, um, what what is the process of creating an audio drama like, or, or, or more specifically, what I suppose what is an average day like for you? Um, well, in terms of directing, uh, do, obviously I have to do the prep first and that will take a couple of days uh two or three mm. days of reading the script analyzing the script working out the schedule um putting the schedule in the right order so that people aren't hanging around and um anticipating how long each thing will take yeah. and then the casting process is quite laborious because i have to listen to lots of um, mm. demos unless i've got somebody in mind that i know already and then I have to contact agents, blah, blah, blah. I have to email back and forth. Uh, and then <laughs> the drudgery. Um, the drudgery. <laughs> and I have to keep a close check on what actions I've taken. Yeah. And I have to keep the producer aware that of all that. Suspiciously like a spreadsheet kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a spreadsheet job. <laughs> and then uh, on a directing day, yeah, just basically bring your schedule, turn up, uh, meet yeah. everybody, have a cup of tea. Talk no to the lunch. engineer, no lunch, <laughs> no lunch boring lunch. Uh, and then it's down to me to keep everything running on schedule, yeah. basically. Have you, have you ever had a day run over? 
I've, we've had loads of technical, uh, horrifically awful technical mm. stuff doing remote. We've had some actors where their whole system has crashed and we've had to recast yeah, in that yeah, moment, know. you know, get wow. someone in at the last minute. We've had people whose internet doesn't work and we've got glitches <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah, sometimes an actor gets taken ill occasionally and then they have to come in for a pickup day. So they'll come in and we'll probably do that remotely. We'll have a remote engineer and we'll just pick up their lines with someone reading in. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't always go according to plan. No. It's how you cope with it, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. The, the skill is. Well, one of the best pieces of advice I ever had was from mm. David Richardson. I was getting in a panic about Attergirl because I was producing it and we'd run over. Uh, I was late delivering certain elements yeah. of it and I was panicking. And he wrote to me and said, it's just an audio drama. You know, <laughs> it's, not, it's not like we're saving lives. Yeah. It's not like we're doing brain surgery. It's just an audio drama. If it's late, you know, we'll deal with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go, a bit of perspective. <laughs> yeah, I, quite often uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Dead, deadlines are fictional, I think, sometimes, yeah. you know, and, and you put this pressure on yourself and have this pressure put on you. And, and then actually, you know, I've, I've sent edits out to people, uh, you know, to a deadline that I don't hear anything back for two weeks. I think, yes. yeah. I don't think you really needed it then, did no, you? Exactly. <laughs> and it's And it's having to balance your, your health because it does get enormously overwhelming and stressful you know what's more important that we hit that deadline uh, and I can't sleep for three nights in a row (laughs) or that I keep myself healthy and Mm. I can you know and we flex a bit yeah and and deliver it to the best as well you know rather than you know rushing and and stressing on it yeah yeah um so uh uh, we had a question from Aiden, uh, who's um, at Aiden uh, CG zero uh, one, mm-hmm. and you and you answered this earlier. Really, he wanted to know what it was like working with Christopher Eccleston. So we we beat you to it, Aiden. <laughs> Thanks, Aiden. I um, loved it. I really I loved every second of it. I felt so lucky. Yeah. Uh, do you know when are you? Um, when does the new stuff start recording? Or do you not know yet? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Oh, okay. Dates, All right. Yeah. Um, and then there's a question here from uh, Faith Trust and Pixie Dust. I always like hearing Ooh, people's like names on, on screen. Um, and, and the handle is at Peter Pan's Girl 22. Um, <laughs> so she says, uh, will there be any future audios with the Metacrisis Doctor and Rose and with the Tylers? Um, oh. It would be lovely to see the more domestic side of the pair and how they managed since Journey's End. Oh, I don't know the answer to that, uh, but obviously there is more Rose Tyler coming, mm, uh, yeah. and I have directed that. Uh, so the whole set, the whole set, brilliant. Wow. Um, and it's rather marvellous. Of course, I'm going to say that, but uh, <laughs> not biased at all. No, there are some really <laughs> fantastic ideas and concepts yeah. in there. There's... Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first set um, and, and the way uh, Clive was was brought back into it mm. as well. <gasps> Spoiler. Well, it's, I think he's on the box. Oh, I think. I yeah. <laughs> I'm messing with your hair. <laughs> um, brilliant. Well, uh, that's um, that's all the tweets that we had we had come in, and I, okay. I think um, I, I haven't got any. Well, I've got loads of questions, but I'm sure uh, we've all got things to to get back onto today. Uh, <laughs> like whenever we talk to Adam and Paul, we're like, yeah, we could just keep going, couldn't we? Uh, but, yeah, well, yeah, we could because we don't have busy lives. Like yeah. That. Well, I've got a script to write. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds exciting. I love it. I wish I could just say something. I've got a script oh. to write. I'd love to say chat, but I've got to, you know, go and, uh, you know, do write, something. Write a script. Really creative <laughs> instead, you know. Rather than, yeah, I've got a Zoom call in five minutes, you know, somewhere else. <laughs> uh, it's really boring type thing. Although, actually, yeah, we do write scripts occasionally, don't we, Jeff? Yeah, we, yeah, we, we do, stuff yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good fun. That's brilliant. Well, oh, I just have to ask, before you go, right, because... Yes. Um, you did mention, and it is there right on your webpage and everything, right? It's there, and you said it. It's facts now. Okay. Um, but musical theatre, right? Yes. What is your favourite musical? I have to ask. Oh, that's a good oh, question. Well, it used to be Sunday in the yeah. Park with George by Stephen Ooh. Sondheim. Uh, that's probably still very high on the list. Yeah. I love, um, there's an amazing musical called Once on This Island, uh, which is set, I think, on uh, some somewhere like Martinique. Right. And uh, the music in that is just so, it touches <gasps> your soul. It's so perfect. And what's um, that called? I'm gonna, I don't, because I don't know that one. <laughs> Once on This Island. Uh, Once and, on This Island. And all the music for Dear Evan Hansen is uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, Have you seen the film of it? Not yet, no. I went to no, see the I... show quite recently. Mm. Yeah, I've um, heard some of the music. My wife's got it on. Um, yeah, the music's amazing. Yeah, I heard the film was not great. Maybe. Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> but then it might be the sort of thing that if you've already got the connection and enjoyment of the show mm. itself, mm. if the film yeah. will work for you. You know, and it's. it's I mean, not... I I wasn't crazy about the show. I just love the music. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I find that actually, because because I mean, you know, we we all love a bit of musical theatre, and we we've got a massive playlist between us of all kinds of musicals. Oh, really? Yeah, throughout the ages, and but. When it came to the greatest showman, I think I'd never, I, I hadn't seen the film, and I, I had no wish to. To be honest, I, I was a bit up here a little bit. Oh, I don't need to see the greatest showman. <laughs> no, Sounds really good to me. I, I, will know, admit, blah, blah, I, blah, I blah, very blah. much enjoyed that film. <laughs> but I have to say, right, I was introduced to it through the music because my girls kept playing it constantly yeah. back to back, and I found myself kind of singing it and yeah. getting uplifted by it. And yeah, it's it's, and, and I saw the film. It was it's actually quite good fun, isn't yeah. it? You know, so. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, my wife and I went to see Hugh Jackman when he. When he toured, we I saw oh, yeah, that. But you you yeah. do yeah. like yeah. Hugh Jackman. You're a big I, Hugh Jackman. I do like Hugh. Yeah. Yeah. Anything um, he does, Jeff, is instantly 100% in your mind. Y- yeah. And uh, he was really good, wasn't he, Helen? Oh, amazing. Yeah. I was a bit miffed because we, uh, we got stuck in traffic trying to get to, was it, he was at the O2 yeah. uh, in London. And yeah. um, he opened with The Greatest Show and we, we bloody missed the opening. Oh, so no. Disappointed. Oh, that but oh, he, he did a really long show and, he, you know, he did some of his other musical stuff and a bit of his, his acting and things as well. Yeah. He was you know really a, a oh, good show yeah. yeah and then um <laughs> i i tweeted about it afterwards and he liked my tweet so that was a Woo! bit of a win yeah. Yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> or, or his pr people did i don't know <laughs> no it was Hugh. it was Hugh. yeah he <laughs> yeah. does his own twitter account i don't yeah. know if he does It'd be great to oh. great to think of that Oh, well, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed this chat. Yes, and, and thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your re- really busy day and delaying the start <laughs> of your script writing just to talk to All right. us. But <laughs> 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 well, it's been another, you know, really interesting chat and, you know, hope, hopefully inspiring for people. You know, we, we had our chat with Pete, Pete Levy, the uh, Flux producer recently, oh, and right. um, one of the guys that we know on Twitter, he, he tweeted Ethan, wasn't it, Paul? He said, oh, I, he, he, he works oh, at a yeah. post-production house in london and he's, yeah. he wants to kind of 
you know, move up, do more. Mm. And he said, oh, I, I really needed this. It's helped give me a bit of a pick up at the moment. Aww. So, you know, it's it's nice that, you know, it's one of the things we wanted to do with the podcast is talk about Doctor Who, but talk about, you know, with people like yourself about the wider picture, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, how do you get into the industry and tips and advice and other work and things like that. So, yeah, thank you. This has been been really good. Oh, so, my pleasure. No, it's been really good fun. Thank you, both. So we'll look forward to uh, hearing what's what's next from you. Yes. Well, it'll up. be. I'm sure it'll be announced soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll keep <laughs> <laughs> we'll oh, we're not going to get yeah. any spoilers here. No. Uh, <laughs> more than my yeah. job's worth. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, maybe if we cut recording now, we we can. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so so much. Really really appreciated Thank your you. time and thanks for sharing your stories with us. Well, thank you for asking me. It's always very, um, it's just always nice to be asked. So thank you. Oh, thank, thank you, you very much. much. <laughs> All right. <laughs>